I've just met the Bishop of Cornwall, and he's been doing his report on uh, the persecution of Christians in the world, commissioned by the Foreign Secretary, the British Foreign Secretary of the time, who wanted some, well, I guess he wanted a bit of PR, you know, for the British electorate, so he wanted to be shown to be doing something about Christians in the wider world, and certainly Christians in the wider world are persecuted. Bishop of Cornwall was commissioned to do this, the new guy. Of course, the thing about him, Bishop Philip, of Cornwall. Uh, they call him the Bishop of Truro, but Cornwall he represents my patch uh, when I'm at home. Various things about this. Christians are the most persecuted minority in the world, are they, Bishop Philip? What about the Ouija's in China? Of course he does, does pay lip service to the rest of the minorities and the way they are persecuted, but my goodness, the most Persecuted minority in the world today are the Muslims. I mean, in my view, when you have a million in concentration camps, what compares to a concentration camp? I mean, a concentration camp is like the Nazi Holocaust. A million, China has put a million people in concentration camps. A million Muslims in concentration camps. The world stands by, blinks and smiles we just buy Chinese goods. Let's buy some more, shall we? The Arab world buying. The Arab world's in love with China, and they'll go on trading. They're not going to cut off their noses to spite their face. They're not on a matter of principle. No, we're not going to. Nor are we, of course. I mean, come on, a million in concentration camps. Sorry, enough. All right, I've said it. Where are Christians most persecuted in the Middle East? Seven hundred seventy-six page report. The the Bishop of Truro has put out. That's a lot of reading, and some of it is pretty hard going. It gives exemplary status in the Middle East to Jordan, Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, United Arab Emirates, and Qatar. Okay. Hooray for them. That's good news. Yeah, and, and they deserve it, particularly Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, and the UAE. Qatar has one or two restrictions on the import of Bibles, which he points out, which are a bit irritating and Jordan has one or two failings but Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman and UAE are exemplary in their treatment of Christian minorities by and large. I know I know it myself I lived in Oman how well Christians are treated in the uh, organ of, in, the, in the Anglican church paid for by the sultan my goodness you can't beat that can you no they they do treat their minorities well, by and large. Well, they're non-Shiite minorities. They're, they're less troublesome minorities. I mean, Bahrain has, uh, hasn't got an exemplary record on all counts. But when, in regard to the treatment of Christians, yes. Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Algeria, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, Israel, and Afghanistan are singled out for special mention as partic being particularly horrid. And they are at times. I mean, it's pretty tough to be a Christian in Israel if your home is is near the separation wall. Much of the separation wall has been built on Christian land, and you just look at Bethlehem. Bethlehem is such... It make you weep to see Bethlehem without wall what the Israelis have done to Bethlehem, but it's not just that. Heartrending. And some of the, some of the uh, 
behavior of Israel regarding confiscation of property and so on in the old city. With regard to, I know everybody talks about Muslim property. I'm talking about Christian property here. It's not good. Egypt, well, you know how Copts are often treated, the massacres and so on. The Egyptian government, up to a point, stands by them. Saudi Arabia, you know, you can't even send a Christmas card in Saudi Arabia. I went to church in Saudi Arabia. I had to be smuggled into a, a service in the Philippine embassy with uh, security watching us. I mean, that was the only way we could get to church. And the priest the, was a Catholic priest masquerading as an engineer at the risk of his life. And they, you can't have it. There's no church services permitted in Saudi Arabia. Really oppressive. Iran, well, bishops killed, and you know what it's like in Iran. Algeria, Turkey... Turkey, I mean, Diabaca has a small Christian family. They stoned the Christians in Diabaca. Syria, um, Malula, uh, tough on Christian. Syria has had a tough time. Iraq, you all know how hard it is for Christians in Iraq. I mean, they've been driven out of their traditional homes in Baghdad and so on there. Areas that were Christian areas are no longer Christian areas because the Christians have been sent backing Afghanistan. Same sort of story. The trouble with this report is it, it harks backwards too much. Bishop of Cornwall, well, he's on about the killing. He's very much on about things like um, Daesh, ISIS. Well, yes, ISIS was cruel to Christians. But those days have gone. Daesh is no longer a force. He's talking about in northern Iraq, for instance, the dabbing of homes with the N for Nazarene symbol in Arabic, the Arabic N, uh, N for Nazarene, uh, before the homes were then targeted so that you would, you would uh, <laughs> by graffiti, choose which homes were Christian so that you could have at them, rather like uh, the Nazi in Germany. Daesh ISIS would put N for Nazarene on Christian homes. And then, of course, uh, another example given in the report and uh, was the killing of those who refused to convert in Malula. Malula, God, the beautiful Christian town of Malula. I so remember being there on cross day. And you're on one side of the valley, they have great bonfires for Christ and the Apostles, lit by uh, the Catholics on the other side of the valley, they have great bonfires for Christ and the Apostles, lit by the <laughs> lit by the Orthodox, and you roll your bon your bonfires down into the valley and you're onto your village. It's an extraordinary celebration, Cross Day in Malula. If you get if you get a chance, go. Uh, great burning bonfires, amazing, amazing time. Great fireworks. A cross day is the uh, day on which the true cross was discovered by uh, the Empress of Constantinople, or the Empress Mother, anyway, years back. And it's celebrated as a great day in Arab Christianity. Arab Christianity is very different, of course, from, uh, from Western Christianity. For one thing, Good Friday, the day on which Christ was crucified, is not a day of lament like it is in Western Christianity. It's a day of celebration. Christ saved us. It's a great day of triumph and defiant celebration. Christ saved us by going to the cross, saved our lives. 
died for us. So it's a magnificent day. It's not um, in 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 Western Christianity they treat it like some sort of uh, oh they have a, it's a dirge of a day that everybody's crying and weeping. Well, that's not quite the way it is in the Arab Christian Church, as far as I my experience anyway. This is aside from the main thrust of what we're talking about. Malula, uh, yeah, they did kill. Daesh killed Christians there. Remember the great, how the great fat old men formed units when the boys had gone off fighting elsewhere. Uh, the the old Christian men went up, gathered together to come and and save Malula uh, from Daesh, and they and they got they got they got them out of there. Malula wasn't taken by Daesh; it was taken by Islamic extremist rebels. Let's uh, face it; it's called a spade a spade. Instead of pretending, let's let's not. Uh, so it's always time to clean it up and pretend. Syrian war was messy, chaos. An old Syrian told me, uh, you know, what's worse than war and worse than peace? It's chaos. We can cope with war, we can cope with peace, but we can't cope with chaos. And yes, it was chaos. Still is up to a point because it's still not over. Of course, we've got the Idlib fight. And then, yeah, this Bishop of Cornwall's report, he, he analyzes embassy effectiveness. Who cares? spends a lot of his time analyzing all that stuff. It's a reference to the prioritizing of the granting of UK asylum and visas to Christians suffering from persecution. You know, I put in a piece to the to the Bishop of Cornwall. I tried to be helpful when he was compiling this report, and I said that we give too much preferential treatment to Christians arriving from the Middle East as refugees. And I, I did get an email from uh, one of his aides, and he said, "I, because I said, you, you know, we we do have uh, a problem because you give pressure preferential to treatment as to Christians as refugees, then it means that you strip the Middle East of its Christians. I'm not talking about Egypt, but the rest of the Middle East. You strip it. It's a kind of ethnic cleansing. In reverse." And we're doing it. The Christians queue up. They get a better chance. And you can see that. I mean, a number of Iranians that come here and convert to Christianity when they get here, which is exceptional because they do it because uh, they got a better chance. Once they've converted, they, they, they can say, if they, the priest is willing to stand up before the asylum court and say, yes, he's converted, if they're good, good Christians and they genuinely have converted, then what happens is they can say, ha ha, to the judge. See, I can't go back. If I go back now, I'll be killed. I've converted to Christianity. Well, what a beautiful way. But you know what it is. Asylum seekers are given preferential from Christian countries, particularly in the West. Some countries, like uh, Poland, for instance, will only accept Syrian asylum seekers who are Christians. That gets them into the European Union. And away you go. Uh, we, we are stripping the Middle East of its Christians, and we're doing it very effectively by giving preferential treatment to Christian asylum seekers. We got an email back, said, look, the, uh, it's not so. Only 1% of, of asylum seekers from, Christ, from Syria are Christian, and this pre-war population of Syria was 10% Christian. So, so you're wrong. We're not giving preferential. Well... Take Europe as a whole, we certainly are giving Christian treatment. And and yes, in in the UK too, I believe. I don't accept that 
well, it's pushing it to say that 10% of the pre-war population of Syria was Christian. It was, it was certainly substantial. It had been falling for some years with migration to the West. The point is that those figures are figures from migrants from UN refugee camps. Christians just gener generally don't get as far as being abandoned in uh, refugee camps. They get better support systems, so that's why you get a false picture. Many Christians coming to uh, the West come through other channels, family reunion and so on, and they uh, do very well. So we are stripping the Middle East of its Christians, and it is sad to see. And what the... God, these reports are difficult to read. Um, they, they, they tend to use abbreviations, you know, this love of acronyms. F-O-R-B for freedom of religion and belief. They can't bear to write the thing out in full because they think it's turgid and boring. F-O-R-B, and what about F-O-R-B? But one of the things the Bishop of Cornwall is suggesting is that there should be a um, Christian stream to the secretive Magna Carta fund for human rights that the Foreign Office has got. This, guy, this, is, a, this is a £10 million pot the Foreign Office uses to spend for projects, and it is not accountable. I noticed somebody getting trying to get something out of, out of the Foreign Office on a freedom of information disclosure, and God, how obfuscatedly disgraceful Foreign Office response was under. I mean, so so tiring. I, we need a proper un journalist to do an investigation into how the Magna Carta Fund money has been spent. But the Foreign Office is very secretive, as is the uh, Department for International Development. It is immensely difficult to find how they're spending the money. Their aid money, the Department of International Development, I mean, they, they try and keep it secret. They really work on keeping it secret on as to who they're funding and by how much. You don't know when you're talking about Syria, there have been questions as to whether Britain is funding armed revolutionary groups. And yes, in my view, we are, but it's very difficult to dig through the figures. So when you get the Bishop of Cornwall suggesting we should use more extensively the highly secretive Magna Carta Fund for Human Rights. Okay, uh, let's uh, open it up and let's have a bit more disclosure, a bit more open government. But, okay, I'm not objecting to that per se. But what I do object to is that the the, the report doesn't really deal with core answers to the problem. And there need to be core answers to the problem. I mean, what about some refugees? I, I've been to St. George's in Baghdad. It's an excellent place, an excellent place. Uh, that's set up by the highly contentious Andrew White. At least he didn't set up St. George's, but he's got the funding to make it a refuge for Christians from Baghdad. They need that. I say highly contentious. Uh, Andrew White is a, an acerbic fellow who really um, is a bit flamboyant. He's got MS, like multiple sclerosis, like my wife and I. All credit to him for the work he does. And he's a bit of a self-publicist, but uh, he has done a lot for St. George's. God, alive, he's done a lot for St. George's. And it's now a precious refuge. It's somewhere people can go in Baghdad. Well, we need the same kind of um, refuge, for example, in, in Syria and in Iraq, in the 
Uh, I mean, Baghdad is in, in Iraq, but I'm talking now up in the Nineveh Plain. We need somewhere similar. I don't know about Bartala. Most of the Christians have been driven out of Bartala, but there should be somewhere up in the Nineveh Plain. I, I like the way the town of Al-Kosh has their lovely, pretty little town, only sells homes to Christians policy, which is exemplary in keeping that as a bit of a refuge. But we need more than the town of Al-Kosh. We need a kind of second Al-Kosh for Christians and other minorities subject to persecution. Christians and, uh, well, Yazidis. Uh, Shabak have, um, some people said, uh, Shabak rather joined, became part of the persecutors, the Shabak minority. I don't know. But certainly they're a major, Shabak are a major minority, Yazidi are a major minority, Christians are a major minority. All these minorities need protection, I guess. We need a, a, a refuge in the Nineveh Plain, which is a kind of another St. George's with, I mean, we need some, some reconstruction so that, that we can have some of these Christians coming back uh, um, and other minorities, and the Yazidis and so on. Yazidis have no homes to go to. What are they going to do? They, uh, Yazidis want to go back to northern Iraq, and I, I know them there. They have nowhere to go home to. Everything's gone. Their houses are demolished. Everything's shattered. We, we could do with some... I mean, one of the things we really strongly recommended and have recommended is the re reconstruction because there can be reconstruction, and, and, and it's necessary. Why not? We've got all these places that we bombed. We could reconstruct homes for IDPs, internally displaced people and refugees, in these bombed places. Let's try it. But this is not really mentioned in the Bishop of Cornwall's report. But we have a responsibility. We spend some of our development aid on reconstruction at homes. Refuges, places, people go in. In um, we could take a, a semi-Christian town like Katana and build homes there for minorities. That's in Syria, on the outskirts of Damascus, on the airport road. I know people there. There are places where we could build refuge and rebuild specifically for minorities. Homes have been bombed. In my view, there's a lot to be done for minorities in the world today. And all credit to the Bishop of Cornwall for doing a report on the issue. I think it's weak on solutions and strong on the problem, weak on the solutions. The, the solutions. And by the way, one thing for report writers, slap your solutions at the beginning because most diplomats won't wade through the things when they read them. So try that. Try putting your solutions at the start of your reports, all you report writers, so that, you know, the key answers are right up there so that we can see what they are up front. Anyway, God bless us all. God bless the Christians of the Middle East. God bless the minorities of the Middle East. Too many are persecuted worldwide. And God bless the Ouijas under their persecution, the Muslim persecution in China. China certainly persecutes Christians as well, but concentration camps, concentration camps in today's world, 75th anniversary of the Holocaust, and we're talking about concentration camps for a million? Come on. 
wake-up call world. Let's do something about that. Okay, thank you.